Everything we do is worship or can be worship. You know, you can parent your kids in a way that is worship. You can be an employer or an employee in a way that is worship. Paul says, present yourselves as living sacrifices. And everything you do, do it to the Lord. And so tonight's not like some kind of inauguration of something new. It's just another way of joining in with the worship that has been happening since the beginning of creation. Uh, And our theme for tonight, you know, we don't really have a a structure or anything like that. We just sort of turn up. We have a pool of songs that we we may or may not sing. uh, And we just say, God, have your way. Um, So if you just want to spend some extended time with Jesus uh, without those interruptions, those distractions, um, you're most welcome. Our, th- our theme, I just for this, is, is simply that, um, that phrase that I used before, what is the chief end of man? To know God and to enjoy him forever. So tonight we want to come, we want to know God, and we want to enjoy him. We want to glorify him. Uh, so you're most welcome. We start here at 6.30 tonight. Please um, come and worship with us. Um, do you feel, like is it just me? Or do you kind of feel it in your bones? Like, (laughs) thank you, Brother Dave. Just, I don't know, there's just this anticipation in me of what God can do and what I believe he wants to do. And, um, you know, this year, I've said a couple of times, I believe it's my most intentional year as a pastor. Um, Everything I'm preaching this year, not, not that I used to just wing it, right, but like, I've got laser focus this year because I believe that God is preparing us for something. And so everything that I'm I'm preaching, there's a reason for it because I believe these are things that are going to be important to what God is doing and is going to do and wants to do in your life uh, and in your midst. And they're about moving from playing church to being church. And uh, so so like this year, our our theme, our our vision uh, is engage, to engage with discipleship to engage with fellowship, to engage with the mission of God. And we've been doing that in different ways. Um, <clears throat> as you can hear, I've still got a little bit of that. Uh, <clears throat> just, just helps me sound a little bit more like Brian Houston when I preach, apparently. So. Um, and so we've been looking at these different things. And, and two of the ones that we've been looking at, we start in term two, our series on the Bible. Because I believe if we're going to be the church, we need to be people of the Bible. And I think sometimes we've forgotten the power of that book. So we're going to examine that over the next five weeks. But this morning, uh, I want to finish. We sort of started this series on repentance. I did the power and the path of repentance. And then a couple of weeks ago, I did the power and the path of forgiveness. And I want to apologize because I opened a can of worms. Uh, I don't think there were too many people that I spoke to who went, uh, thank you for that. Um, that was really great. Um, and, and, and one of the things that I sort of look at um, as, I, as I think about forgiveness, it's, it's obviously like there's so many depths of forgiveness, right? Like our, our children are forgiving each other every second day for little things. Like Olivia stepped on Taya's hand um, this morning and it was like World War III and it's like, she didn't mean to. And it's like, I care. And it's like, okay, no, you say sorry. And then you say, I forgive you. And it's funny, Taya's doing this thing at school at the moment where they're teaching about forgiveness. And one of the things that they say is when someone says, I'm sorry to you, you don't reply with, it's okay. Instead, you say thank you, because it's not okay, but thank you. And so I just, I thought that was beautiful, but like obviously, the moment you start talking about forgiveness, you touch on, like for some people, right? Like if, you, if you're in this place and, you, and the worst thing you have to forgive is like someone stole your pen in high school, like God bless you. 
but like spare a thought for those of us who have some deep trauma going on, right? <laughs> like, and you start talking about forgiveness and you start pushing on that trauma button a little bit. And, and so I was just aware that I'd pushed on the trauma button by talking about something that I believe is powerful and that we should talk about. But I also believe that when we talk about it in God's way, it doesn't get us in the gut quite the same way as perhaps you might have felt. So I want to kind of look at, last time it was about the, the power and the, uh, yeah, the power and the path of forgiveness. I want to look at the, the depths of forgiveness because here's what I've learned. I opened a can of worms and I have a responsibility as your pastor to do one of two things, either to put the worms back in the can or to use them to catch fish. And so that led me to, I was explaining as I was trying to, I'm an external processor. Sometimes I have to get things out to understand. And so I was explaining to, uh, to Sue and Diane, I think you were in the office that particular morning, trying to just get out of my head why I was frustrated and what I thought I'd missed. And I was drawing this picture and this illustration. And they went, that's really good. And I went, yeah, I have, that's new to me as well. Um, sometimes Jesus is like, you know, you're, move, move, you're moving your hand and you go, this is good stuff. Where is this coming from? Because it wasn't from here. But as I allowed God to kind of work through what he was doing there, and then Dave, Doreen, uh, your li- Dave and Margaret, your life group took this to another level on Wednesday, and I just stole your notes because I just thought it was so good. So I want to kind of marry all these things up and, and just go a little deeper. But I'm pretty confident in the way that I've done this that I'm not going to push your trauma button this morning. And if I do, have grace because I have grace. and Like, God has grace, right? We'll just... but. Watch this. See, um, <clears throat> there's, this, uh, there's the saying. This is the one we looked at last week. So forgiveness is, trans- is a transcendent phenomenon. It doesn't make sense to the world we live in, does it? You know, we live in like cancel culture, first and foremost. We just love to cancel people. Uh, forgiveness is a transcendent phenomenon. That means it's above our world. My mind cannot comprehend it, but my heart longs for it, and it rejoices when I find it. Uh, and so in this depths of forgiveness, we looked at a couple of... Um, questions last time about what forgiveness is, what forgiveness isn't. Uh, And I started to think, using this fishing analogy, I don't know if any of you have ever been to an arcade. Anyone here ever been to an arcade? Some of you, yep, like... And so in the arcade, and there's one actually here at Arcadia in town, they have this game called Captain's Hook. And so the goal of Captain's Hook is to catch fish. And, And so you're sitting up on the top, and there's fish all the way down, right? So remember, I said I want to catch fish. I'm going very discipleship this morning. Um, and the big fish are all at the bottom. And one of the hardest things is there's all these little fish at the top, and you push the button to try and get down, and it just, like, your, your goal is to try and get the big fish at the bottom because they're worth the big points. But they're the hardest ones to get. And, and, and if you haven't seen it, I found this video online. Help. <laughs> There you go. Look. So you got, you got your pirate up the top here, and you hold the button to try, and you're trying to get down to all these ones here are worth big points. There's a lot of trash in the bottom of the ocean, too. That's probably our trauma. You know, like, you go deep, and I know the person holding the camera couldn't hold it still. But so, like, the aim is to get, to get the big ones at the bottom because they get you the most tickets, right? And, and so sometimes you just, like, one strategy is just to go for the shallow fish. And so I kind of preach this shallow sermon of forgiveness of like, you know, just let's talk about the little offenses, but you're fishing in the same ocean as the big fish, right? And so all this was going on, and, and, and so this picture kind of became uh, the analogy that Jesus unpacked with me. This is what I drew on the, on the board, because um, there's something that I noticed, right? As you look at this, um, 
I remember we're talking about the depths of forgiveness. And I started to see, you know, really, there's some very distinct layers going on. You got your small fish, your bigger fish. You got things that there's a, the, the big goal is occasionally there's a crab that walks across here. And like, if you get him, you get a thousand tickets. He's like the jackpot. Like, there's nothing better than teaching your children to gamble, right? Like, I don't know what their strategy is there, but um, so, you know, don't play this. Just follow the illustration with me, right? So as I started to think about this, I started to think about the depths of forgiveness. And there's a couple of things that I sort of uh, started to unpack and started to see. Um, and here's one of the things that, I, that you need to know about the depths of forgiveness, and this comes straight from the depths of the ocean. Every single one of us in church, every single one of us in community is dealing with issues in this spectrum, right? Some of us, yeah, you know, someone stole a pen from you in high school and you still haven't gotten over it. That was a good pen. It was, you know, but some of us, you know, we have this deep, 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 deep stuff. And so, you know, when you go, the Bible says you should forgive, you go, you make it sound so easy. Here's one of the things that we know about the ocean, right? Any divers in here? Any and when I say dive, it's like, you know, like, here's what happens. If you're down here, you go, you do this deep dive, and you come back up, and you come back up too quickly, you get this thing called the bends. And it can kill you, where the nitrogen doesn't get in your blood, you know, get out of your blood fast enough. And so you've been so down so deep, the pressure changes, all this stuff happens in your blood. And so you have to come up little bit by little bit by little bit, and then you have to sort of dwell here for a little while, let everything change, and then you, you know, the ones who, who go like deep, 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 deep down, like some of those like crazy explorer divers, they have to spend sometimes days, weeks in these decompression chambers before they can actually come back out. So one of the things that I think is really important to understand, building on what we talked about with forgiveness and this idea that God leads us to forgiveness, is if you're dealing with stuff down here and a pastor says you should forgive and you go, okay, you just get sick, right? Like, forgiveness is a godly principle, but process is also a godly principle. And he allows us to journey through things. You know, I love this scripture um, in Colossians chapter 3, just for the sake of having a little bit of a landing pad for where we are. Um, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And this is the instruction he gives to the church. And I love the, the way that it unpacks. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, You are always and dearly loved by God. I love that that's where this conversation starts. You know, Paul's about to talk to the church in Colossians, and he starts with saying this, You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of God. Since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. I love that, endeavor. It's this idea of process. You know, like you go, anyone here married? You, are, you, you have spent however long you've been married endeavoring to understand your spouse, right? Nobody understands their spouse, but we, we try. You know, I'm very trying. <laughs> so, so be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble. Be unoffendable in your patience with others. Again, this all sounds great. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Other translations say forbear. That word's going to become important later. Forbear. Tolerate the weaknesses of others. Forgiving one another in the same way that you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of maturity. I, I just... I just love that scripture. I've been reading it this week as I've been reflecting on this. So, like, we've got all these different things, these different layers. And, and what I wanted to do is provide just a couple of things that might help you to understand those layers in your life and see where you are on the journey and give you permission to be on that journey. 
right? So often we look at where we're not, right? We go, I want to be in the boat. Like, I just want to be caught. I want to be dealt with. I want that issue solved. And we go, but actually I'm on this journey. And one of the things that helps us to understand that, I'm just going to bring, it's a bit like shotgun preaching. I'm going to put a whole bunch of ideas there and then kind of bring them all together at the end, all right? So the Bible has three definitions for the word sin. And often these three definitions start to unpack a little bit how the depths of forgiveness might work. So you, maybe you've lived in, uh, you know, you've heard the word spoken before where people say all sin's the same to God. And that's true in the sense that like anyone who's sinned, no matter how big or little, we all fall short of the standard of God. But the Bible's very clear that there's actually three definitions of sin in Scripture. And I just want to unpack them with you really quickly. Uh, these are their words in Hebrew. So there's, oh, good, I've put this backwards. Let's go with this one. Sin. Kata. Do you like how I got the fish? I thought that was quite a good touch. Fish bullet points. I was proud of me. Uh, right. So, so often we sin, this word kata. Then we have this word iniquity, which is avon. And uh, that's nothing on anyone who's ever sold the product. Um, <laughs> take, take from it what you will. Just let the Spirit of God do what he does. Uh, and then this is word transgression which is pesha. And so you'll have heard these, you know, like Jesus was, was pierced for our transgressions, right? On him was placed the iniquity of us all, for all have sinned. So all the, these three words come up. But what's interesting when we start to look at them, and they're all, all of them separate us from the boat, right? Like it doesn't matter whether you're this or whether you're that, you're all, no one's in the boat. But this, this kind of picture that we start to see, which helps us to understand how levels of forgiveness work, journeys of forgiveness work, is when we start to understand how these things work. Uh, no, we're going back. Because I put them in backwards. So the word sin in Scripture literally means to miss the mark. Now, if you're a dart player or you're an archer or you're anything like that, you understand that you can aim. You know, I've played darts with James a couple of times down at the batch in Kaikota. Uh, and when I say I've played darts, I have thrown darts in the general direction of a dartboard. <laughs> and more often than not, despite my best intentions... My dart misses the mark, right? And so the Bible is very clear when it talks about for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how good your intentions are. This is why good people don't go to heaven. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, you throw that, how good your intentions are, there will be times where you miss the mark. There will be times where you throw that dart, you you look at it, you eye it up, you go, I am going to be like Jesus. What just happened? (laughs) <laughs> right? And so we have this definition. The other one that talks about is, is, is inequity, which this word means to bend, to twist, to distort, or to misinterpret. This is the one, you know, the moment you live in a community of people, you have diverse interpretation. You have diverse opinion. You have diverse things. And so, so there are times, right, where people will do something that offends us, that hurts us, and it's because for all their good intentions, they just miss the mark. Right, I don't think my daughter gets up in the morning and goes, I am going to make my dad's day hell. I don't think she ever intends it. But sometimes it happens because she's three, two, and <laughs> three in June. All right? it's, she's three going on 30, all right? So it's like, <laughs> but like big emotions, big feelings. And so sometimes just through human nature, this happens, right? And there's times where, truth be told, even as a parent, you like to think you're resilient. It hurts. You know, your kid says, I hate you. And in your head you go, that's just a sentence. 
She'll get over it. She'll want feeding at five o'clock. That'll be fine. But in your heart, you go, oh, I hurt. And we miss the mark. But see, then in this iniquity, we get this like bend, distort. Because like, here's the other thing that happens with my children. I just thought they were a safe option to use this. Um, is, is like sometimes they just completely misunderstand, right? You have a rule and they disobey the rule because they think it's a stupid rule because they think the rule is a dumb, like you have to have dessert after dinner. You get dessert if you eat your dinner. And they go, no, I don't like that rule. And so, you know, you get these kind of things that happen because we have a distorted view. You know, the Bible says that we all see in part. And we live in a world where truth has become gradually more and more distorted. And it's not necessarily that people are vindictive about it. They're just distorted, right? Like it's twisted. The message has been twisted. How many people do you know who have rejected the message of Jesus because the message got distorted or twisted in the way it was told to them? So, so we've got this. Then we've got this word transgression. And this is the one that talks about violate, revolt, or rebel. This is the one, you know, where we're, it's, it's, a, it's a definitive choice. It's not an ignorance thing. It's not, it's not a, like, it was my best intentions. It's like, I knew the dartboard was over there, but I thought it would be way more fun to throw it at James. Right? I didn't, just by the way. It was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> so... So when you start to see these things, you know, all sin is sin to God. Everything separates us from God. But you understand that when we experience offense, obviously the depth of these affects how we're wounded, right? Like if someone with their best intentions does something wrong, generally speaking, we try not to get bitter about it. You know, if something's a little bit more twisted, and especially because we look through our own twisted lens, right? Sometimes that gets a little bit deeper. It hurts a little bit more. And when someone says you should forgive that, like remember I said the word... um, the Bible, and we'll come to this again in a minute, says tolerate each other, forbear with each other. Like this is Jesus, this is Paul talking to the church. Because forbear with each other. Because he's like, you've all come out of this pagan background. You've all got all sorts of distortions and twists. You're going to have to be patient with each other. Like, you know, the moment you live in a world and, you know, you come in and you have your, like, your view that says, like, you know, marriage is, like, you should never divorce and whatever. And then you say, and you go, well, hang on, what about your view? And then they go, well, I've got, yeah. I've been through that, and this is different. And so you've got all these different views in your church, and God says, here's the thing. Just bear with each other. Forgive each other. Make room for each other. Tolerate each other. Because somewhere along the line, you're going to need them to tolerate you. Right? And then we see this other level. And this is the one that hurts the most. When someone, even if it's a small thing, but when someone deliberately, violates you, or someone deliberately rebels, or someone deliberately just tries to hurt you, that can cause deep, because that touches the soul, right? And so the Bible talks about, you know, and so when we say forgive, we're talking about this depth of forgiveness, right? You see that? And can you identify situations in your life where these different things have happened to you? And so we start to think about that. Um, And then this is, so this was the first sort of thought that I had. And then Dave's notes that he shared with me, they talked about these three different types of forgiveness, which I just think when you, when you put them together, you see this. Exonerate, forbear, and release. Now, we are not Jesus. We should build our life. Remember, we just read in Colossians that we should clothe ourselves. We should aspire to be Jesus. We should move towards these things. But in our journey, we have to often come through this space. 
We have to come through this space. And so one of the things that's really unhelpful is, is when we talk about forgiveness, sometimes what happens is someone who's been through um, this transgression, right? And you say, Bible says forgive. And they hear exonerate. And they go, that person really hurt me. Like, I'm not going to use examples because, again, I'm not going to push on things. Like, but, like, there are, there are people in our society who've been through things. And, and to say it's okay is not okay, right? And so when we hear this word exonerate, now, again, I'll, go, I'll quantify that as we go. But I found these words, and, and Dave unpacked them. If you want more information, I suggest you chat to Dave as well because I'm not going to go deep, 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 deep into them. But talked about this idea, you know, exonerate. The word essentially means to just forgive and forget, Right? I no longer hold it against you. Remember we read Matthew 18, we talked about the cancelling of a debt. There is no more debt. It's gone. You owe me nothing. And, and, and so it's this actually, and I, would, I have forgiven you to the point that it's like it never happened and we can continue to work on. Forbearance is where we have this level of like, like trust once earned has to, trust once burnt has to be earned, right? Like part of forgiveness is not always, like if someone hurts you and wounds you and you go, well, the Bible says that I should forgive them, and then you get to the end of that process, you go, but I will still be cautious about trusting them again. And that is completely biblical. Jesus did that with people. He forgave them, and then it changed their relationship in terms of how he trusted them in future. You watch some of the journeys with his discipleship, you know, and those sorts of things. So then we get to this third one, and this is, to me, sometimes especially when it's deep trauma, our forgiveness journey just starts simply with a release. Remember we talked about what forgiveness isn't, but sometimes forgiveness is just, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. But more importantly, I'm not going to let it hold on to me. See, there's a whole bunch of things. We could look at layers upon layers of this sort of thing. And so, you know, usually exoneration is accompanied by some form of repentance, right? So, so, so it's, it's actually the person expresses sorry, like, I really feel bad that I did that. Um, you know, this level here, you get that whole, I'm sorry you feel that way, but, you know, they've got that next kind of, like, well, you know, I just, it's, I'm not really sorry. I don't really want to make amends. I'm just sorry that you're hurt by my view. And then this one is just like when there's no, like, I don't forgive you. At all. Like, I don't apologize at all. I don't care. I'm, I'm living that selfishly, right? And again, we identify these things and these layers and these, and so, Jesus gives us this journey through his definitions of sin and through these words of forgiveness that we see come out. Remember in Colossians, it talks about um, endeavor to uh, forgive others as God has forgiven you. We read that one. And then it said, um, tolerate the weakness of those in the family of the faith. Forbear with each other. Forgive one another. Uh, if you find fault with someone, release the same gift. So, so the Bible gives us these words to give us a journey so that we can Whatever has happened in our life, which God did not send, by the way. God, I don't believe God is the cause of trauma. I don't believe if you've been through trauma, I don't believe like, I hate that everything happens for a reason mentality. My mentality is like, bad things happen, but God doesn't waste anything, right? So it doesn't matter the deepest, darkest things that have been done to you. God, God did not send that. He does not delight in it. But he goes, if you will let me, if you'll, if you'll release it to me, I will take you on a journey. And I will turn that into, you know, remember Joseph, what the enemy meant for harm, I can use for good. 
And so we go on this journey going, God, I give it to you. I release it. Um, and so we see this. And remember, we were talking about um, this, you know, so often when we talk about forgiveness, we're very quick to look at everybody else's journey. And, you know, like we talk about forgiveness and they go, oh, I know someone that struggles with unforgiveness. I know someone that needs to forgive. And, and you know, or we look at, like, our journey is this, like we're at this top level, and we go, well, I'm fine because when I compare myself, this person's got unforgiveness issues. And actually, all Jesus asks of us is that we respond to him in the waters that we find ourselves in. Because actually, if we try to enforce that someone else comes to our level, we give them the bends. And so part of the journey of forgiveness, the depths of forgiveness, is that God has a journey and a place and a, and a process through his son to bring you into freedom. And it doesn't start with being able to do that. It doesn't start with you being able to go, nothing bothers me anymore because our wounds are real and God knows our wounds and he knows our heart and he's patient. In fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted, which means God's down here. He's, he's, remember the, the, the psalmist says this, even if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. It's, it's like the, the message of the gospel that Jesus just comes to where you are and says, let's journey a little bit at a time. And if you need to stop for a month in a decompression tank, like we can do that because I don't want to kill you. I have come that you may have life and life in all of its abundance. So the journey becomes like, <laughs> this one, this one's just interesting. Have you ever heard of the blobfish? There's a blobfish. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just gorgeous? That is, that is just one attractive fish. That is, you can have this for free. But here's the thing. Do you know what a blobfish is? A blobfish is what happens to a fish that lives 4,000 feet under the ocean in pressures that would crush your bones. So there are creatures that live in a condition that if you or I were there, they would crush our bones. This is what a blobfish looks like at 4,000 feet under the surface. But when you bring it up, it just kind of turns into that. And so here's the encouragement of your forgiveness journey. If you feel like you're dealing with that, the encouragement from God is when you bring it to me, and when you let me take you through a journey of release and forbearance and exoneration, and sometimes we get through all of that journey, like sometimes you start somewhere where it releases, then it turns into I can forbear, then I can... Sometimes we have to trust God and go, remember, God is also the one who says he sorts it all out at the end of time. We do our best to journey that. And if we only get to the middle depths, then Jesus says, I'm still there. And I will still, you know, will not the Lord God do what is right? But here's my encouragement for you. Maybe you're dealing with this aggressive, ugly-looking fish in your life, and you go, you know what? I feel like my sin, I feel like my trauma, I feel like the things that I'm facing in the depth are just so hard and so kind of aggressive. And God says, here's the thing. If you put them in my boat, I turn them into that. <laughs> and I mean, that's still ugly, but it's a little bit laughable at that point, right? And so God is the one who can turn your trauma... <laughs> into a blobfish. And I just think all creation gives glory to heaven. And I just think that's brilliant. So I want to re kind of visit this 
thought as I talked about the power of forgiveness because I believe, as, as I said a couple of weeks ago, forgiveness is, is a powerful thing. Uh, I've heard stories and testimonies of people who have received healing when they learned to forgive. I've, received, I've, I've heard stories of people who conceived children who were barren after they learned to forgive. I've heard ch- stories of people who have received financial breakthroughs, all sorts of different things, when they learned how to forgive. I've also heard stories of people who received none of those things, but a peace in their soul that surpassed understanding when they learned to forgive. And when I say forgive, I mean that. I mean they are committed to allowing God to go on that journey. So here's my question to you this morning. Jess, would you come? I mean, my first question is this. Where have you been giving yourself the bends because you've been trying to rush this process? Where have you been causing yourself physical harm because you've been trying to do something that God hasn't asked you to do yet? You're trying to outrun Him. And you might have the best intentions. You might be aiming for the dartboard, going, you know what, God, I'm just trying to do what you told me to do. But actually, it's making you sick because you're trying to exonerate something that actually isn't at a space where it can be exonerated yet. Or you're trying to bear with something that actually is just causing you so, so, so much pain. And instead of running to Jesus, you keep running back to the pain. Where have you been giving yourself the bends this morning? Because I believe that God wants to give you permission to slow down, to follow His process, to trust Him, to allow Him to turn your fish into a blobfish in His time. Exactly. And then my second question is this. If you were were to allow Jesus to honestly talk to you this morning, no longer with the pressure of what you're expected to do or what you feel you're supposed to do, is there anywhere in your life this morning that you need to exonerate someone? You've been holding on to something that actually they're repentant for, they've dealt with, they're making progress, and it's not actually that big of a deal. And you're just holding on to it for the sake of having power. And it's time this morning to just say, God, I let it go. I forgive them. Here's the thing about forgiveness. Remember I said a couple of weeks ago, forgiveness isn't a weapon. Sometimes you don't have to tell the person, because sometimes we love to do that. We love to go, James, I forgive you. And we use it to like elevate ourselves. Sometimes the best thing you can do to forgive someone is just let it go in your heart. Because in the spirit, they'll feel it. Yeah. And so we are this morning, do you just need to exonerate? And go, you know, that person, they were aiming for the dartboard. They just missed. And I need to let it go. Where are you journeying with people in your family or, or you know, and, and they've got a distorted view and, You've got a distorted view and it just becomes messy. Where where this morning is God asking you to forgive and forbear? You know what? I don't agree with that. I don't like that. It's tricky. But I can see that Jesus loves you and will keep and he wants us to continue walking together and we'll allow that. And then finally, where are those areas in your life? And I don't want to push on them. I don't want Whereas actually, it's not time to say that was okay. In fact, I tell you right now, and Jesus tells you right now, it wasn't okay. It will never be okay. But Jesus says, you can release it to me. And I can deal with it. And you.
You don't have to be able to forbear yet. You don't have to be able to exonerate yet or whatever. That's between you and Jesus and the journey He takes you on. But right now, what Jesus is asking you to do is to say, I want you to just let it go so that you can take hold of what I have for you. See, God is the God of exchange. He's not like, I want you to let it go because, like, get over it. It's, I want you to let it go because I have something better for you. I died to make a way for something better for you. So this morning, those four questions. Number one, where have you been giving yourself the bends because you've been trying to work somewhere, move too fast, do something that God has not asked you to do or you're not ready for yet? Who do you need to exonerate? Is there anyone you need to forbear with? Is there anyone you need to release? And just say, God, I trust them to your presence, but I'm not gonna let her live rent free in my head anymore because I choose freedom. And in this space and in this moment, I'm just going to give you 30 seconds with God just simply to respond to those three words. And let Him minister to you. Holy Spirit, the Spirit who is the Comforter, would you come and lead us through this process? Would you put your arm around each individual as we listen to your word? as we exonerate, as we forbear, and as we release. And we would experience this morning your release, your freedom, your provision. So 
Thank you, God, for meeting us here today. Thank you for the plans that you have for everyone here, for your church, for your bride, and for your